Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Hey, we are in this series, and uh, really excited. It's, it's really been a series we've been passionate about since we started this church to share, called Hello Possible, and really because that's the message we want to communicate to our, communica- to our community. We want that to be kind of the thing we say as a people, as a, as a new community to the people uh, all around us. And that is that, man, Jesus came to give us a life that is possible. And it does not matter how dark life feels. It does not matter how alone you feel. It does not matter how long you've been stuck in that place. Come on. Jesus came to bring us a life that's possible. And that's what we're here to do. That is what we are passionate about at New Community, is about helping people experience the full life that God's given us. And so Hello Possible is this series we put together that really helps us understand what is that full life and, and how do we experience it? Because Jesus did not just come to introduce it to us, but to show us how to live it out, to really experience it, uh, that we can follow Jesus. And as we do that, we will experience the full life we were made for. And that's so important for you. It's so important for anyone because all of us, no matter who we are, what we believe, no matter that, we are all somewhere in our relationship with God. We're all somewhere on this path, uh, on this journey, uh, spiritual journey, if you would. Uh, whether, you, again, you, you believe in Jesus or not, or whether maybe you were saved in the womb and you were born into a home that just went to church every Sunday and you haven't missed one ever. I mean, it doesn't matter. No matter where you are on that spectrum, God has more for you. And that's what we know, and that's what this series is about, is how do you experience the more that God has for you? And we're so passionate about helping you do that, practically, but also just spiritually and, and truly uh, making those paths available. And the, what we recognize was that this full life that God has shown us, or Jesus has come to introduce, God actually introduced to us uh, long before that in the story of Moses. He tucked these four promises away there when the people of God were actually uh, in, in oppression in Egypt. And if it's okay for all the Nuco fam in the room, is it okay if I catch our, our guests up? And I just want to hit these four promises, this kind of four promises that define the life God made for us here in this Exodus story. I'll do that real quick, and then we'll get to today. So uh, they're found in Exodus 6, and we see in Exodus 6, there's these four statements of what God says, these I wills that he says. And here's what he, how it begins. I'll, I'll run through them briefly. I will bring you out from under the yoke the Egyptians out of slavery. In other words, God's first promise for your life is just, I'm going to bring you out of your bondage and I'm going to put you in relationship with me. We call that, that promise the promise of salvation. And we talked about that on Easter and how important that is. Here's the second one though. That's not all there is. There's more when it comes to God's life for you. God says, I will free you. So I'm not just going to set you free from uh, or get you out of bondage, but I actually want to free your heart. I want to free your mind so that you can truly live free. The third one is this. I will redeem you. I love that word. And I love, we're going to talk about this next week, just how, how what, it's incredible how God can restore us and put us back. He can put you back to the, the original intent he had on your life, the original design, put you back and put you on a, on a path 
where you can experience that and live the life you were made for. And the final one is this, that he will, I will take you as my own people. And that one we see, it's so clear that while God is definitely working on us individually, God is so much more interested in who he is making us to be. It's so much more than a me. God's about a we. It's about a new community, a new people that God wants to make. And when he does that, man, it's when we know that this is our God, and he is ours, and we are his. And that's those four promises we've been looking at. And as I said, on Easter, we talked about salvation. And then the second one of freedom is what we're going to talk about today. And I, I want to begin by just having a minute to explain why the two are separate, right? I mean, think about that, because they kind of sound similar. Like God says, I'm going to bring you out of bondage, and then I'm going to set you free. Doesn't that, I mean, it's almost similar. So the question is, why would God separate the two? And I'll tell you, the, the reason he does that is because the first one, salvation, the first one of the first promise of salvation is only something God could give you. You have no part of it. You can't earn that. You can't make that happen. You can't be good enough. You can't be enough. It, that's not, it only happens because of God. It's fully accomplished only because of him and the work that Jesus came to do when he died on the cross and then rose from the dead three days later. That work is what secures this first promise for us. I want to show it to you in Ephesians. It says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And some people say, man, is it, is it really that simple? And, and yeah, it is. It's by God's grace. It's nothing. Look what it says. You can't take credit for this because it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done so that none of us can boast about it. And again, I, I think that is so vital. And so we, we sometimes consider, though, like, so really, is it just that simple? Yes. Is, is that all? Well, that's all for the first promise. But did I mention there's more? There's more than just a first promise when it comes to life with Jesus. And that really is what's so unfortunate. So many people believe that when it comes to Jesus or when it comes to church or when it comes to Christianity, all it's about is heaven and hell. All it's about is salvation. I guess that's it. Just check the box. But no, man, God came, Jesus came to introduce you to something that's so much more than that. And this second promise really helps us understand that further. I want to show you a passage in Philippians. This is in the New Testament that kind of helps us understand the difference between the first and the second. Look at this from Philippians. It says, work hard, it's telling me to do this, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. So I'm not obeying God because I have to. I'm not obeying God because God wants something from me. No, I'm obeying God because now I get to experience the life he has for me. Now I get to. God's not looking for something from me. He has something for me. It's the same for you. Work hard to show it. And here's the beautiful thing. You, as you work hard, God's going to work too. Look what it says. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him, the very things, the very life you were made for. And that whole idea, giving you desires, can I tell you, it's not that God fixes your old things. No, this is about death to life. This is about 
Taken the old being thrown away and the new has come. That's the kind of work God does in you. He makes you a new person, new desires from the inside out. That's what happens. And then he empowers you to do that. And I love that, that this is really what the second promise is all about. It's this whole idea that in salvation, there's this moment that we believe, this moment we say yes. And in that moment, Jesus restores our relationship to God so that now we can begin the process of living the life God has for us. And so it's this idea of partnership. It's this idea that the first promise is accomplished only by God, but the second one is about our work and God's work together. That's what this second promise of freedom is all about. And I think you understand that, and I think you would get that, and and let me say it this way maybe to help explain. The reality is for any relationship to be healthy, it takes both sides to say yes, right? Just think about that. Uh, I got to, one of the privileges of this job of being a pastor is I get to do weddings and walk with couples through that moment, and I love it, man. It is so fun. We have a lot of fun with that, Uh, but I just want you to imagine, I actually did a wedding yesterday out in Palatan, and I want you to imagine if you were there in the seat, and um, as I'm leading the couples, and the bride, we get to the vows, and the bride says, I do, and I will, and the husband says, I might, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, I know. How long do you give that relationship? Like, what, a week? I mean, like, there's no way. None of us would look at that and say, oh, that's going to work, right? Because we realize that it takes both sides saying yes. I mean, think about it. You've been in a relationship like that where you're the one pulling the, the weight. Think about it. It might have been at work. Maybe it was with a coworker. Maybe it was with a boss where you were the only one doing your part. And it's like, this isn't working. This is not how relationships work. Can I tell you something? It is the same way in our relationship with God. Man, every promise is yes and amen from God through Jesus Christ. That's it. God has already said, I do and I will for your life, but you will not experience his promises if you don't come back and say, I do and I will. And too many of us treat our relationship with God like this. I might, we'll see. And can I just tell you, you are setting yourself up for failure and disappointment. And God wants to set you free from that. And that's what today's all about. How do we really experience freedom? How do we really walk in relationship with God to gain more of what God has for us in this life? And can I tell you something else I know? I just, this is just a gut thing I, I feel, is that we all need freedom. We all need freedom from something. We're all there. We're, there we're, we are on equal playing field. No one in this room is perfect. No one on this room has figured everything out. We, we all need freedom. And I'll tell you, we all need freedom from three things. And I'll show you these three. The first one is this. We need freedom from sin. And you know, there's a lot of people in our community who, when they hear that word, it might be you. When you hear this word, man, automatically you're turned off. Because this word has been used to heap abuse and condemnation and shame on people, maybe on you and maybe on those you love. But can I tell you something? That is not God's heart. God did not come into our world. He did not send his son to condemn us, but he came to show his incredible compassion 
with us. Can I tell you something about God? He's not honest about sin so that he can blame and, exp- and, and condemn. He's not honest about sin so that he can put us in a category or he can single us out. He's honest about sin because he knows sin hurts. Sin hurts you and sin hurts others. In fact, that's a good way to think about sin. It's anything I think or anything I do that hurts me or others too. That is what sin is all about. And God's just honest about it. He's not condemning. He's not shaming. But he wants you to be real, authentic about what happens if you choose those things. He knows it. And he doesn't want anything from you. He's trying to save you and get you free from those things. God knows that we need freedom from sin. We're all there. We're all in that space where we need freedom from that. In fact, again, I said it, there's no, sin is not there to categorize us. There's only one category when it comes to sin, and that category is humanity. (laughs) We're all there. And God, you know what he says to that? He says, I want to get you out of that. I want to set you free. That's his heart. So we need freedom from sin. Here's the next thing. We need freedom from wounds. And wounds are the pains that we've experienced from when others have hurt us, from the things others have done. And maybe you've got that in your story. Maybe you've had a season where you were abused or um, just maybe it was emotional, maybe it was physical, maybe it was sexual. Um, So unfortunate that there was abuse there. Maybe you experienced a betrayal, I mean a deep betrayal, and it cut deep. And it might have been years, it might have been decades ago, but that betrayal, man, it still leaves a lot of where you go. Maybe you experienced a tragedy that just kind of left you just sunker sunker punched, sucker punched, like you're just kind of left still and you, you don't know. Those wounds tell you they can be so painful. And you know what happens with wounds a lot of times is we tend to, where we've been hurt and we've experienced pain, we'll start building a wall. And, and we'll build a wall right in that place of pain to make sure no one, nothing else will hurt us. But you know what that wall does? That wall gets built up so that we can't move forward anymore. Can I tell you something? If you don't get set free from your wounds, if you can't get set free from your past, you will never see your future. And God says, I can set you free. Let me show you this third thing that you and I both need freedom from, and that is the enemy of our soul. And maybe for you, that's a, you're like, again, like, I don't know if I believe that. Can I tell you something? Jesus did, and that's enough for me, truly. And Jesus said that, honestly, that you just need to be aware. The worst thing is to be kind of just indifferent about it. You need to know that you have a thief who is attacking your life, trying to steal, kill, and destroy everything you were made for. And you need to be aware. Jesus said you need to be aware of who he is and his scheme so that you can take your stand and you can be free from any weapon that he forms against you. All of us need freedom from those things. We all need that. And and the reality is if we don't get freedom from that, it's not just that we get stuck. Uh, Can I tell you something? It's, It's not neutral. It doesn't just stop you. No, those things, they, if, when they have hold, take hold of your life, they distort 
everything about you. They distort your identity. They distort your sense of acceptance in the world. They distort your sense of security. There is anxiety that rattles a person who is stuck in that state. You, they distort not just that, but your sense of significance. It messes with all that. And what happens is that kind of bondage leads to death and not just physical death, emotional death, relational death, financial death death. Everything that you probably care about, it leads to death in all of those areas. And that's why God is so honest about these things. And that's why God is so passionate about saying, man, work with me. Get in relationship with me. Let's work this out. Let me set you free so that you don't have to live that way, so that you don't have to experience those things. Good? And so I want to show you, the question is, so how do we do that? How do we really get free? And I want to show you in Scripture, there's two, really in, in the New Testament, the teachings of Jesus and of his followers, there's two very central themes that are woven all throughout. If you would, they're like two tools that God gives us so that we can experience his freedom. And I want to show them to you briefly as we, as we move forward today. Here's the first one. The first one is that God gives you his spirit. God gives you his spirit. In fact, Jesus even verifies and clarifies that this is so important for the life that you were made for. That Jesus came, yes, to live a perfect life, to die on the cross for the weight and the punishment of our sins. And then he rose from the dead. He did all those things so that the first promise would be secured. But can I tell you something? Jesus said, there's even more. There's more. And after I am finished... I will go back to heaven and God will send his Holy Spirit, his spirit to dwell in you, to live inside of you, to be with you. Literally, God with us every moment of the day. And the role of the spirit is to guide you in all truth so that you can experience the true life you are made for, so that you can really know the role of the spirit is to be with you. And our role, our work is that's God's I do it our will. Our I do and I will is that, God, I will invite you in. That's an active thing, not a passive thing. I will invite your spirit to lead me. I will invite you. I will follow what you say. I will follow where you lead. In fact, I want to show you in the New Testament, there's the Apostle Paul, one of Jesus' followers. He wrote this letter to a group of brand new Christians who were trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we really not just experience the salvation of God, but the freedom of God? And he writes this. I want to show it to you. It's so clear. He says, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing the, what has set, set, kept you bound, what your sinful nature craves, those desires. Look at that language. He says, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. But the Spirit gives us desires, there's that language again, that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting against each other, so you aren't free to carry out your good intentions. And so this is this word. He's saying, come on, let the Holy Spirit work in you. Let him set you free. And every time you say yes to the Spirit of God and invite him in, you move towards freedom. And so how do you know? How do you know if you're really moving that way, if you're on the right path? And that's what Paul answers. He says, I, I want to show you something. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And listen, no condemnation. 
just honesty. Let's talk about it. The results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and other sins like these. Can I tell you something? This is not to be an exhaustive list, but do you know what each one of these things do? They hurt you. And maybe if that doesn't matter to you, they hurt other people. And God's saying, listen, the results are clear. Be honest about it. If that's what's showing up in your life, that's what's leading your life. But instead, follow the Spirit. Let Him guide you. And this is what happens. In fact, let me, let me say this. He says, let me tell you again, as I have before. Anyone living that kind of life, here's the thing. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Translation, you're not going to experience freedom. You're not. You're just going to be stuck in this cycle, back and forth, this waging war inside of you. You're not going to experience redemption and being put back to your original intent. You will not experience the four promises of God. Yeah, maybe you'll get saved. Maybe you'll crawl into heaven, but you will live a life battling this waging war of desires and cravings within you. And he says it doesn't have to be that way. You can follow the Spirit. You can invite the Spirit to be your guide. Listen, because when the Holy Spirit comes in, he, these are the res, this is the result of that work. The Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives like this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the truth about all these fruits is they're not what you taste and experience. They're what others taste and experience when they're around you. And that's really what the fruit is for. And I love, if, if I can just say, I love how clear this is. I love how, how honest Paul is. Let, let's just put it on the table. Let's just talk about it. We, we can see the results. It's very clear. And so can I tell you how this works in my life? Because the, I still have sin nature in me. I still have things. I still have wounds. I still have lies that lead my life. And, and when I see that, here's the thing. Now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. So I'm not condemned when I see that fruit, when I see that result. But here's what happens. I go to God and I say, okay, Lord, I, I see this in me. I don't know where it's coming from. I invite your spirit into my life. Would you guide me to the truth that I would see and understand so I could produce something different? God, I don't know why I, I lost my temper with my kids like that. Can you come, Holy Spirit? And fill me. God, I don't know why I had that pride. I just, I was all about me in that moment. Why? I don't know where it comes from. I cannot figure it. I can't fix it on my own. In fact, a prayer I pray very often in the morning is this. God, I'm not strong enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not good enough on my own. Holy Spirit, come and guide me. I need your strength. I need your wisdom. And I tell you, when you do that, and you invite God into your life that way, man, he begins to guide you. He begins to guide you into a life of freedom. This is what's so beautiful here, is that uh, I love that Paul gets so point blank. He says, listen, those of us who belong to Christ Jesus, we've just made a decision. We've taken that old nature, those old desires. Come on, let's, let's recognize it for what it is, and let's nail that thing to the cross and crucify it and move 
forward. And some of you, that is the word that God's telling you right now in your life. Put that thing on the cross and move forward. It's done. And I have more for you. And so since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's lead in every part of our lives. That's the first tool God gives us. I want to show you the second one. And it's this, is that God gives us his people, his people. And I'll tell you, um, it, this may be the hardest thing about freedom when it comes to God, because for many of us, we feel comfortable trusting God, maybe, like we're willing to take that step, but to trust people, like that's why I'm, I'm wounded in the first place, right? And you're asking me to do that, but can I tell you that is such a vital step it's, it's not just vital. It, it, you will not experience the freedom God has for you in isolation. You just won't. God has given us people. In fact, all throughout the New Testament, it's why he is so big, that he is about building a people. He's about building a new community. He's about a body of Christ, a family of God, the flock, the kingdom. That's who we are. We're, we are to, to work together because God knows if, you can, if I can get you around the right people in your life, the right relationships, I can help you spiritually through them and I can help you find freedom. And something that's so important in scripture is to understand this principle. And I want to show it to you. It has kind of centers around confession. I want to show you these two confessions in scripture. The first one is this. says that if we confess our sins to God, he'll keep his promise. Listen, he will, and he will do what is right. He will forgive us, and he will purify us from our wrongdoing. He will restore. He will actually give us brand new desires and empower us to live that out. But here's the second confession in the teaching of the scripture. Look at James. It says this. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed for the prayer of the righteous person is great power. And so... We confess our sins to God. We go to God for our forgiveness, but we go to God's people for our healing. And God, so often when we have been wounded in our relationship, God wants to bring you healing through relationships. And that's what we're about. That's what we really care about. That's why we call this new community that we could be a space and a place, a people walking together, following Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, and helping one another experience the freedom of God. And so can I just kind of close this with this quick moment? It's really a, just kind of a, a moment to pastor you. We will not be a house of condemnation at New Community. We will be a house of honesty, but we will not be a house of hostility. Because we want anyone to be able to walk in our doors, come into this space, and I don't care what their hang-up is. I don't care what their habits are. I want them to feel like they can be here and experience the presence of God and, and, and experience His truth and His Spirit washing over their lives. Come on, can somebody say, that? Can, can you catch a vision for that happening, that these chairs could be filled with people who would be willing to walk in these doors? And they, they might not even want God, but they, they know, they know that there's something happening that they need, and they find God there. That's the heart of new community. We will not be a house of condemnation, but we will be a house of honesty. And I'll tell you something. We love our Sundays, and we want you here. We believe on Sundays, man, God is here in this space. 
when we get together and we all put our focus on God, He can do things in a moment that none of us could accomplish in a lifetime. God can transform us, inspire us, birth new things, new vision, new dreams. It's what He does. But when it comes to the relationships that you are made for, when it comes to finding relationships where you can be honest, where you can be transparent, where you can take the mask off and confess, man, I'm struggling, will you pray for me? Can I tell you something? You will not build those relationships in one hour on a Sunday. And we recognize that. And so that's why we say, and you will hear us say it all the time, find a group. Find your new community. Find your group. Find those three or four people. Find those four or five people that you can just spend relationship, begin to build meaningful, lasting, trusting relationships, a place where you can confess what's happening in your life. And there's no condemnation, but there's just a space to experience the freedom of God. That is our heart. And what's so crazy is that in the middle of a pandemic in January, we actually decided to launch some small groups here at New Community. We, we actually had 15 small group leaders say, hey, we'll lead. And we did them. We had some online groups. We had some in-person groups that met kind of smaller group settings. Uh, and, and we had that. We had 10 small groups. We had 72 unique people from New Community be a part of those. Come on. Can you celebrate that? That 72 people have been a part of that. And what's so amazing is that, that we say unique because some of y'all are crazy and go to like three or four groups, but that's okay. That's, so we, we just count you one. We don't count all your personalities, just one per person. And so the reason though that's so vital is because we said, hey, let's try this from January to April. And then at the end of April or at the end of March, actually, we sent out what we call our next step survey. And it just helps people kind of identify, hey, what's God done? What, what's God done in your life? And, and can I just tell you, we've gotten some stories from that. And I want to finish today sharing those stories right here. This is beautiful. Um, this is what they said. I'm quoting this. I, I wrote it down. Having a community around me was so encouraging. We were able to be vulnerable about life and support each other through it. Being around people, listen to this, who are also seeking to grow in their faith pushes me closer to Christ. Love that. This person said, I've never been able to open up so easily to people until meeting my small group. They know more about me now than I probably know about myself. And there's one more I want to share. This person said, I'm able to talk things over in a loving atmosphere with people who never judge me for who I used to be or condemn me for the struggles I still face. Come on. I have see, I've come to see Christ as my healer and my savior. In a very real way, he led me out of darkness. Listen to this. I can breathe again. I can trust again. I can live again only by the powerful grace of my God. Come on, can you celebrate that? That's what's happening in small groups right now. And can I tell you, that's what can happen for you. That's the promise of freedom God has for you. And I'm begging you, man, find your group. Find your group. We want you here on Sundays, but Sundays, I'm just, you need to know it. It's a means to an end. I want to get you in a group where you can really find freedom. And we want to get you on a team where you can use who you were created to be to make a difference, not just here, but in this great community, that in this world, we can leave a mark. And that's what we're all about here at New Community. 
And so I just want to tell you, we did these first round of small groups. We're going to do a second round. It starts the week after Mother's Day. And these small groups, they vary in different ways. We'll help you get introduced to those. But I just want to invite you to find a group. They're only nine weeks long. We do that so you can jump in and then you can jump off. You don't have to commit for the rest of your life. And yeah, you will not build meaningful relationships maybe in nine weeks. But my hope is you'll find two or three that will start to build relationship beyond the group. And that really can be people that will walk with you. And that's our heart. That's why we do that. And so if you're interested in small groups, we're going to be sharing about it over the next few weeks. We just invite you to come back and jump into what God has for you. And can I say this to you? It's not just about church programming. Your freedom may depend on it. So let me pray for you. God, man, thank you for these tools. Thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. God, that you have promised this freedom, but you also made a path, a way forward. You are that way maker. Thank you for that. God, thank you that no matter how broken we are, no matter how wounded, no matter how far away we feel, you can set us free. God, we thank you that that is the work your spirit can do. And we are so grateful. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.